everybody good morning welcome it is monday june 5th 2023 welcome to episode number 380 of the daily simply cyber's daily cyber threat brief podcast i'm your host dr gerald dozier and over the next 45 minutes me you chris k hall jazzy jazz bloxy carrie jizzen jim lunn adam v doing the yeats jenny housley and so many others of the simply cyber community gary sturgiatis hope you caught that con panel talk gary are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of the stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize it at work tactically or long-term strategically? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, this podcast is going to give you massive value. We're going to be covering terms, concepts, you know, best practices, and you're always going to be asked, I swear to God, you'll always be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? Because it's so imperative that uh, practitioners stay current in the industry. You'll be asked, and this right here is a dynamite answer for you to give. But before we get into it, and much to the chagrin of some team replay viewers who don't like that I go through the opening um, intros here, before we dig into it, I want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors who allow me to do this every single morning and deliver this to you all at absolutely zero cost. Shout out and thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions. First of all, Barricade Cyber... What? 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 Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> thanks so much, Siege, for the super chat. Good morning to you, CJ. I genuinely appreciate that. Hope you're well. Today is a positive day, CJ. I saw you in the chats before the show started. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. And obviously, if you scroll down on Barricade Cyber's website, you can see Eric Taylor, the uh, lead incident responder and owner of the company, is got his calendar right here. You can hop on there and have a meeting with him as early as 11 a.m. Eastern time today, so just three hours from now. Do yourself and do your business a favor. Have a conversation with Eric. Believe me, you will absolutely benefit from a conversation with him. Also want to say shout out and thanks to CJ, uh, co-sponsoring June 5th's episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. Thanks, each again. Uh, finally, I want to say thank you to Panopsi Security for their continued support and um, just initiative in the community. Panopsi Security performs all sorts of services for businesses, but quantified risk assessments. And if you're a GRC person in the chat and you don't know what a quantified risk assessment is, I'm going to break it down for you right here. This is a massive value add service for any business. Basically, if you are at a business doing InfoSec and you're trying to figure out like what's the next step, yeah, you can use frameworks like CIS 18 or NIST cybersecurity framework. That's fine and good. But what order do you implement them in? Are you putting in duplicative controls, right? It's not, this isn't an academic textbook exercise. This isn't a computer simulation where there's a right and wrong move. It's a very dynamic environment. And knowing how to spend your money, how to get risk reduction, for your resources in a you know deliberate um, planned method is way more valuable than just being like I just buy all the things right vendors love people who just buy all the things because you're not actually getting risk reduction but you are spending that cashish 
So believe that a quantified risk assessment, come into your business, take a look at your people process technology and actually ascertain statistically sound uh, assessments of what would be best for your business short term and long term to reduce cyber risk. That's what a quantified risk assessment is. And it is absolutely um, it's a it's a theoretical construct, so you can't actually weigh it. But if it did weigh, it would be worth its weight in gold. Ah, all right. So. If you're here live with us, hashtag team live in chat. I do love me some team live on a Monday morning. Uh, honestly, guys, it, I'm moving a little slow personally. Uh, I was hoping that this coffee would kick in. It hasn't yet, but uh, getting ready, getting getting hyped here uh, on stream is certainly helping a little bit. Plus, I listen to a little hype music before the, uh, the show started. Let me take a slug off this coffee team live. Gosh, that's good. All right. So check it out. Um, if you're live, hashtag team live. I love it. 157 of you right here. You'll always know how many are in team live by looking at the bottom right under chat. That is an active number of active participants in the stream. And it usually bumps up. We're getting close to 300 a day, folks. So high five across the board for all of us. If you're watching on replay, Hashtag team replay in the comments. Please uh, let us know what you think of the show. What are your thoughts? I do enjoy engaging with team replay. Uh, if you don't like the intro, uh, I'm sure other people don't either and enjoy the uh, little timestamp that you guys put in there uh, on when the news starts. Uh, much appreciated for the team replay people. If you got here late and you're catching up or you have to leave early for a meeting, you, my friend, are a special uh, moniker. You are hashtag team hybrid. So let us know. Uh, that you're consuming this in two different ways. Genuinely appreciate uh, you guys. Here's the thing. If you're team hybrid, that tells me that you're making it an effort to to be part of the, the Simply Cyber community and, and consume this daily threat briefing, but you're having to do it um, uh, with competing <clears throat> competing priorities, competing resources. I appreciate that we're able to be part of your morning in any capacity, a part of your day, uh, depending on where you are. And then finally, my good friends, passive observers, if you're a lurker, if you're quietly huddled in the corner if you see chat streaming by and you're always like i wish i could just say hi in chat guys professional networking is super valuable i'm not uh, i can't understate this okay I, or i can't overstate this yes i can't overstate it professional networking is so 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 valuable say hashtag passive observer if you want to make it your very first thing um, to step into the light of professional networking. You will be welcomed with open arms. The Simply Cyber community is incredibly supportive. We are incredibly inclusive. Step in, say what's up. We've got the Simply Cyber community challenge coming up in a hot minute, so you can giddy up on that as well. And then stay tuned to the end because uh, I've got um, you know, some, hey, here's what's coming up this week. But I also have something that I worked on over the weekend that is now in high gear and I want to share it with you. So stay tuned. More of a jaw jacking thing, but it is simply cyber community related. Uh, and you'll appreciate, you'll, I think you'll get value out of it. So having said all that, my friends, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid roll. All right. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Monday, June 5th, 2023. X-Plane hack impacts several Swiss federal and regional government departments. Swiss police have launched an investigation into a cyber attack that hit the Bernese IT service provider X-Plane, that's letter X-P-L-A-I-N, 
which provides its services to several Swiss federal and regional government departments, as well as the Army, Customs and the Federal Office of Police. Threat actors have already published alleged stolen data from the Federal Office of Police and the Federal Office for Customs and Border Security on a darknet forum, but representatives from these offices state the threat actors only had access to simulated anonymous data for test purposes. New Linux... Hey, yeah. Uh, okay, so a couple things. Yeah, I feel I feel fine. I'm a little sick, I guess, uh, like kind of a head cold type thing. Low energy, CJ. Thank you for asking. But yeah, no, I'm 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 here. <laughs> I'm here in full effect. Okay, so check this out. Um, this is a ransomware attack, basically, on a collective. Uh, what would appear to be a collective of Swiss um, kind of government entities. But what actually happened was the MSP or the managed service provider. Yeah, uh, there's a little head cold thing going. Um, a managed service provider got hit. So guys, this is not um, new. All right. So if you look at, uh, oh my God, SolarWinds, which was not a ransomware attack. It was a nation state threat actor attack. But SolarWinds, very similar. Kaseya, K-A-S-E-Y-A, Kaseya, Google it. They got hit uh, like shortly after. So like maybe six months later, they were a managed service provider. Guys, you got to remember it really quickly because I, I didn't know this. Um, I didn't know this younger in my career. You know, I always thought like businesses, you know, colleges, whatever, like you have your, you have your executives who are doing their executive things. You have salespeople, you have IT people, you have finance and accounting people, right? That's not true especially smaller businesses that that need access to resources, especially in like this 2023 kind of gig economy, it's very, very common to outsource services. Now, what does that mean? That means instead of hiring an IT department, right? Say, let's just say that you're a dermatology clinic, right? You're the, you're the best skin doctor on the planet, right? You and two other best skin doctors, you open a practice in Myrtle Beach, okay? And then you have like five nurses underneath you or 10 nurses, who cares, right? You're clinical all over the place and you got billing people and stuff like that, right? That entire dermatology practice has got 25 employees and they're all clinically clinical care people, right? They don't know any, with all due respect, they don't know anything about IT, but they all need computers to bill, schedule, manage the business, run the books, all these things, right? So you hire an IT company and they handle it, right? They just handle it. This is what a MSP is or managed service provider. Managed service provider is just outsourced IT, period, right? A lot of people will outsource um, kind of the bookkeeping or finance and accounting, managing the books, paying taxes, doing payroll, crap like that. That's another like common outsourced service, all right? So now that we understand like, you know, the ecosystem and the economy of what's going on, um, we can come back to the story. This particular situation, there's a company called Xplain, X-P-L-A-I-N, Explain that is just a managed service provider. And obviously they're kind of BDSs because they have the, the account for like the federal office of the police in Switzerland and the border patrol in Switzerland and several other federal and kind of regional government entities. So they're, they're kind of a big deal, right? They got hit with ransomware. Remember, they might be outsourced IT, but they're still a business. They still have their own, you know, uh, billing and accounting and payroll and HR. So they're just a business. Somebody at Explain got hit uh, and compromised. Not looking at you, Carl. Oh! 
But someone got hit, and then the the threat actors, it looks like Play Ransomware in this case, Play Ransomware hit them, took all their data, right? And now it's posted it online. So by by going into business, right, with like, you know, whatever, the Federal Office of the Police of Switzerland, by selecting Explain as their MSP, they took on the risk of Explain having access to their systems and data and stuff like that. So this is kind of, this is supply chain-ish attack. This is the risk of third-party um, integration and third-party risk management. There's a lot going on here. If On the surface, this is just an MSP that got hit with ransomware and it screwed up in the, the client base is really popular. This is like <clears throat> the law firm in New York City a couple years ago that got hit. And like, it was no big deal, thanks for the sub, Jess. It was no big deal that the law firm got hit. What was a big deal was that the law firm's clients were like Donald Trump and Madonna and um, Lady Gaga and stuff like that, right? So like these high-profile celebrities, that's what made it big news. So anyways, that, that's what's going on here. At the end of the day, this is just a garden variety ransomware attack with a high-profile client base. That's it. Ransomware strain black suit shows similarities to Royal. This is according to Trend Micro, which examined an X64 VMware ESXi version targeting Linux machines. Their researchers stated, quote, they're nearly identical with 98% similarities in functions, 99.5% similarities in blocks, and 98.9% similarities in jumps, based on BINDIF, a comparison tool for binary files. In line with other ransomware groups, it runs a double extortion scheme that steals and encrypts sensitive data in a compromised network in return for monetary compensation. Data associated with a single victim has been listed on its dark web leak site. All right. All right. So no big deal. All right. So there's a new quote unquote, use that term very, very loosely, new ransomware strain, but it's 98% identical to Royal, which... You know, if you're if you're reading between the lines, it is royal. Okay, it's royal with a couple new features or functionalities. Somebody either so it's here's another thing that like you know if you if you've been around a minute, this is going to sound uh, like familiar, but a lot of ransomware threat actor groups will just reskin themselves, right? So meaning like oh hey like we're the simply cyber ransomware group, and then like things are getting hot, or we accidentally hit a high profile client, or we, you know, we, we pee in someone's cereal and, and we're like, oh, so we're not going to just disband. I mean, come on. We're living in, we're living in, we're, we're cowboy key, we're keyboard cowboys. We're living on the information superhighway, right? We're anonymous. So we'll just reskin ourselves and call ourselves like the, the flaming donkey ransomware group. But all of our tools, our entire toolbox, our entire staff, our entire brain trust doesn't change. We just... This is a wicked deep cut, and this is really for only older people, so I apologize, younger folks. But, like, this is like the movie Johnny Dangerously. Again, wicked deep cut. This is like Johnny Dangerously, where they're getting the getaway car scene, and they're peeling the layers of the car paint off in order to, like, change what their car looks like for what the police are looking for. And then they have the rubber ducky one, and it was supposed to be, like, little Johnny's thing. Anyways, super deep cut. Don't even bother go back and watch that movie. I don't think it holds up well over time. But the point is... Ransomware threat actor groups are just going to um, 
rebrand themselves. Famously, a famous example, if you want to Google one, is Darkside. Darkside was the threat actor group that did the colonial pipeline attack. And they got so much heat on them, it was like they were thrown in an incinerator, right? They got ultra heat. So Darkside disbanded, immediately became, I believe, Black Cat, and then immediately became Alfie, and then, uh, uh, no, 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 it was Darkside, and then Black Matter. Black Matter was what they came up with first, and then they became Black Cat and then Alf V. So it, it happens all the time. So this is not crazy. The TLDR here is if you're a incident responder or digital forensics incident responder person, and you get hit with black suit ransomware, go to the playbook that, or, you know, the, the, go to the, yeah, the playbook, right? The lessons learned for Royal Ransomware, because that's who you're dealing with. What, like, like their techniques for negotiating, they're doing double extortion, which means they steal the data and try to sell it. Uh, they'll sell you the decryption key and they'll sell you the data back. Really scummy moves, but you know, it. they, they get paid, right? Great cash, homie. All right. So I say this a million times over. You should not be, um, you should not be protecting from like royal ransomware or like, oh, like Black Basta's on the move. Like we should probably protect from Black Basta. No, 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 no. Gather around spring children. Like you need to protect from ransomware in general and more importantly, be able to recover from ransomware, right? In a fast, timely way. And if, if you're sitting there going, we have backups, like we're fine. No, like, no, 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 no. You need to practice, like how, what order do the backups uh, get uh, spun back up? Do you have the resources to put the backups on if your main computers go down? Do people know what their roles are in the backup recovery process to include non-IT people, right? When's legal get involved? When's general counsel? When is PR? When is HR? When is the executives? When are the third-party insurance companies? Who gets to choose what, happen what happens when, right? There's a million things that actually happen. And if you don't practice um, <laughs> the day it happens, uh, it, is, it is bad, man. It is real bad. You don't want that. Microsoft is killing Cortana on Windows starting later this year. After introducing a string of AI-powered assistants for its products, Microsoft has now announced that it will soon end support for the Windows standalone Cortana app. Initially introduced as part of the Windows Phone operating system, Cortana has since expanded to other platforms including Windows 10, Android and iOS. It's now deeply integrated into Microsoft's ecosystem and was designed to work closely with other Microsoft products. It will be retired in late 2023, eight years after its inclusion in Windows 10 back in 2015. This, however, only impacts Cortana in Windows. It will still be available in Outlook Mobile, Teams Mobile, Microsoft Teams Display, and Microsoft Teams Rooms. Yeah, but let's all be honest. The writing's on the wall for Cortana. Your, your days are numbered. Like, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, like you're, you want to talk about the first victim of AI? There you go. This is it. Here lies Cortana. Right? Exactly. Bye, Felicia. Bye. Uh, you never were really that great anyways. Like, I don't know anyone who's like, oh, man, you know, have you heard of this Cortana? Like, not to mention, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Cortana, wasn't Cortana, like, wrapped in, like, a Halo release or something like that? Like, Microsoft ham-fisting Cortana into a storyline as well to really, like, <clears throat> upsell and market it to... um to a, a younger audience. So anyways, whatever. Um, this thing's going the way of the Dodo on Windows machines. Um, the fact that it was introduced on the Windows Phone OS, uh, you know, further speaks to it. You know, like who who didn't have a Zune, right? 
Um, that that was a joke, uh, obviously. <clears throat> so um, Cortana is still going to be available in Teams and other things, but I would I would imagine that this thing is going to um, go away. Um, just it's it's no one really uses it anyways, as far as I know. Of course, I assume nobody used. Microsoft Outlook fat client and uh, half of you do. So maybe I'm wrong in this one too. But <clears throat> to me, this is like, this is almost like a, um, this is definitely not a cybersecurity story, but this is more of a, um, like a meta kind of like, you know, industry community water cooler story. <clears throat> Cortana, <clears throat> we never really knew you. I never really found you useful. In fact, I actually found you distracting. You would pop up when I didn't need you. So. Guys, you know, if you got any, if you want to, you know, if you got anything left to say to Cortana, send a fruit basket or something like that, an edible arrangement, but Cortana's gone and uh, I don't think you'll notice. AI automated malware campaigns coming soon, says Mikko Hipponen. Cybersecurity pioneer Mikko Hipponen began his cybersecurity career 32 years ago at the Finnish cybersecurity company F-Secure. This was two years before Tim Berners-Lee released the world's first web browser. He is now the chief research officer at WithSecure. In an interview with CSO Online, he states it is, quote, mandatory for the cybersecurity industry to embrace AI technology, end quote. And he continues by saying it will only be a matter of months before malicious threat actors use widely available AI source code to perfect their techniques for complete automation of malware campaigns at speeds faster than human processing. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh, this guy, you know, this is one of those like thought leaders um, in the space. I've never heard of him. M Miko Hypoin uh, doesn't mean just because I haven't heard him doesn't mean anything. I'm just some dude. But, um, you know, he's been in the industry for 32 years. So he's probably got a little bit of gray in his hair. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. F-Secure I have heard of. Um, so, you know, that's a legit uh, organization. Looks like he's just giving some hot takes on what to expect, right? So the guy's been around a long time. He's offering like long-term, like over the next three to five years, here's what I would expect. Um, so this is really on brand and kind of tells you the health of our industry and the direction of our industry. So this is actually very valuable. I'm happy about that. Um, he's saying that cybersecurity as should be no surprise to anybody and why InfoSec is so awesome to get into as a career. InfoSec's going to continue to blossom and grow as more technology gets integrated, as AI comes into bigger focus, as businesses become more automated and tightly integrated. Um, there's just going to be InfoSec everywhere, right? So don't, when people are like, do you think AI is going to replace InfoSec? No, I don't. In fact, I think people who know how to use AI in InfoSec are going to be more valuable. Um, so I think it's, it's just a great tool in the toolbox versus replacing you in the toolbox, okay? Yeah, see, he says there will always be threats. This is so true. There will always be bad people. I said this on the channel or in, in interviews um, recently. <clears throat> uh, cyber attacks, like, yes, there's technical exploitations and stuff, but the, a lot of times there's attacking humans. There's, there's a human element at some point, whether it's the initial fish or it's getting someone to change account numbers or, you know, or, or hold the door for you. Like there's, there's a human element at some point typically, and it's not going, AI is not going to like, I'm, I actually said this, this is like so depressing, but I said this, I was at a kid's party yesterday talking to another parent and they asked me about it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like 
AI is not going to do anything until we get to the point where you have like ex machina, where you have like human body AI, like AI minded human body people running around. You can't tell the difference. Then, then we're, then we're screwed because you know, then they literally can do the human things. So, you know, don't, don't like, let's hold hope out that that doesn't happen. But anyways, uh, this looks like an interesting discussion. He was basically interviewed for a uh, conference. So if you're interested in hearing a very learned, wise person talk about the long-term uh, picture of our industry, this sounds like a good one. Uh, go to here. I'll drop a link in chat. Um, if you want to go get this story and get more information on it. Here we go. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like a T-1000. All right, here we go. And now a word from our sponsor, <coughs> Trend Micro. Hybrid work, cloud adoption, and shadow IT have introduced new cybersecurity risks to organizations. Security leaders are left asking, how can I manage our expanding attack surface? Trend Micro, the global leader in cybersecurity, is bringing the cyber risk conversation to more than 120 cities in their Risk to Resilience world tour. Hear from experts on the latest threat landscape trends, solutions, and platform strategies to manage risk and defend your organization with speed and accuracy. Find the closest city to you and register today to take a leap towards a more resilient future. Head to trendmicro.com slash CISO series. All right. Oh, cool. It looks like somebody on LinkedIn said that Miko was the interview on Darknet Diaries episode 74. Whoever said that, it says it's anonymous on LinkedIn right now, but thanks for sharing that. I <clears throat> will definitely go check that out. All right, guys, it's mid-roll, which means if you're new here, this is what we do. Get used to it. Oh, my God. Come on. One second, y'all. Sorry, my dogs are being special right now. All right, guys. Hey, I want to thank you all for being here. It looks like 257 of you wonderful people got up for uh, for the Monday show. I appreciate that. I know it can be difficult, especially if you're on the left coast. Uh, good morning, good morning. Guys, I want to say thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi Security. Genuinely, genuinely appreciate the support that they provide. Uh, it looks like we might have a new sponsor coming in here. Uh, for uh, July, so you know, super pumped. Thanks to all of you. Do me a favor, uh, hit that like button if you will. It it doesn't do anything for me for the um, for my you know my ego or anything. But what it does do is it triggers the YouTube algorithm and tells YouTube to tell people who are searching for cybersecurity content that cybersecurity people like all of you like the stream. So it'll push it to them. It might be how you found us, right? Are you, let me ask in chat, if you're, if this is your first time here, let us know in chat. I, I always love to see people and say hi to people who it's their first time here. Love to find out how they found out about the stream. Guys, I want to remind you about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, an absolute delightful um, initiative that we run here on the channel. Uh, I think it's, uh, who is it? It's uh, Dale Faye is currently the baton holder for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. So hopefully Dale Faye um, is in chat. Dale will tag somebody. Jenny Housley helps uh, support and manage this initiative. Guys, here's the deal. We Building a professional network is so valuable. So how can you do it? If you're not sure how to do it, 
One awesome way to start is with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Go on LinkedIn. If you don't have an account, get one, build a profile. Go, and there's plenty of videos on the channel to do that. Go look for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge hashtag and connect. This is the trick. Connect with the people who are posting. Connect with the people who are in the comments. You yourself comment on the posts. And if you hold the baton, share your cyber story. This is an amazing way to grow your professional network with like-minded people. Do me a solid. If you have gotten value out of being part of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, share your story in chat. I'd love to hear what people are doing. This is, in my mind, this is an amazing initiative, but it really, it really rubber hits the road uh, with, with you guys sharing what your thoughts are. If it's true, let me know. And if it's bull crap, let me know and uh, we'll stop doing the challenge. But I think it's good. I think it's really good. All right, guys. So, hey, Jamie Fleck with a squad membership. Thanks so much, Jamie. All right, guys. So as we're getting the uh, baton passed, check it out. Every single day of the week has a special segment, and Mondays are reserved for my son, Callan. Callan is more of an art, creative individual, and... Uh, he, he always does a piece of art of some form for the show on Monday. And today is a special one. So it's a bigger one, but I just want to share this with you, okay? So Callan made this. And what you're looking at here is a Pokemon card that Callan made. This is Callan's art teacher. His art teacher is named Mr. Burger. Okay, so he has created a V-Star Burger Pokemon. And you'll notice that he gave him su such OP powers. He's got 100 zillion health. That's a zillion health, and he can hit for five quadrillion. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing your card right now, son. So, uh, this is the Pokemon card, Mr. Burger, and this thing is so OP. Um, I don't even know if this is legal in tournaments because it's so overwhelming. What's up? Oh, turn it around. Oh, yeah, and the back is done. You can see it's a full card. It's a full card. Anything else you want me to tell him? No? Okay, so this is it. Yeah, and you can see he wrote Pokemon on. Thank you very much. We genuinely appreciate it, Callan. We all we all appreciate it. Thank you, son. All right. So that's going to do it for that part. Well, let's get back into the news. Oh, perfect. CJ got tagged. Thanks, CJ. Uh, hopefully, CJ picks up that baton. And um, we are off. All right, let's keep going. Beware the new zip domain phishing technique called File Archiver in the browser. This new phishing technique can be used by phishers to emulate a file archiver software in a web browser when a victim visits a .zip domain, according to security researcher Mr. Docs. As we have been covering here on Cybersecurity Headlines, these new top-level domains, including .zip and .mov, are causing concern amongst security experts. For this specific technique, an attacker exploits either the WinRAR file archive utility or the Windows 11 file explorer window, and specifically with the WinRAR example using a scan icon. When users click on this icon, a message box reassuring them that the files are secure is displayed, thereby preventing suspicion during the process. All right, so uh, there's a bunch of things here. First of all, uh, CJ, thanks again for the second Super Chat. Genuinely appreciate that. I did play the sounder, but um, I'll give you a, another one since you did two. Oh, you guys aren't even looking at the right thing. Sorry, guys. Um, so here's the thing. Okay, when the .zip TLD top-level domain came out, um, uh, uh, like it's been out for a while. Google has owned it for a while, but they finally like released it where people could buy 
And there was a big hubbub in our cybersecurity community of, you know, one faction was like, this is terrible. I was in that faction. There's another faction who's like, you're over, like you're, you're, you're over, you're, you're, you're making something out of nothing. This isn't a big deal. Troy Hunt, uh, well-known uh, person in the community. He has the, have I been pwned site? He was, he had a very like viral tweet thread around uh, being on the position of it's not a big deal. And I didn't, I didn't really get, I didn't like wade into the waters of public discourse and give that. But here we are. This is a legit um, technique that is, you know, out there and proving successful. Now, before I uh, elaborate on this technique, I do want to say one thing. Mr. Docs, Mr. Docs right here, it's Mr. D0X. You don't hear from Mr. Docs often, but anytime you hear Mr. Docs, it's usually super really well done advanced security research okay i can't i can't think of a time mr docs hasn't been the 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 researcher behind some research and it hasn't been um you know newsworthy you know to say so i would recommend if you're interested in security research go look up mr docs uh because you know it's just he's an advanced level security researcher and he does really well so getting back to it what are we looking at well, here's the deal. This is what WinRAR looks like, or is it? So because you can make anything look like anything inside a web browser, right? All you do is make a web page that looks like something. You can make it look like 7-Zip or WinRAR or PKUnzip if that still exists. I don't even know if that exists anymore. But my, my point is, this right here says WinRAR, and you could see the files, and it looks very familiar. But here's the deal. This is not WinRAR. This is not an archive. This is a picture, um, or this is the, the web page made to render to look like WinRAR. And when you get here, you click on this scan button to scan it to see if it's legit, right? You're, you're doing what you've been taught. Oh, like before I, this could be a fish or this could be malicious. I'll go ahead and click on scan the way I've been taught by my cybersecurity um, community or my cybersecurity practitioner. And in reality, you're um, either being redirected to a phishing page where you get your creds popped or you're installing malware. Um, it's not good. It's not good. And it's a just another example of how this um, .zip top-level domain is a terrible idea. It's just terrible. I wish... It's so frustrating that Google did that. I like again. I said this when it happened and it was big news. Like that Google's charging like fifteen bucks a domain, right? So like, let's say they sell a million domains, right? Or a million, right? Or or ten million, right? Ten million domains. That's a lot, right? That's one hundred and fifty million dollars. I mean, that's that sets my family up for generations. One hundred and fifty million dollars, but Google. $150 million is like 1% of a percent of their annual, annual revenue. So like, why did they do it? Like if it's all about, Great cash, homie. it just seems like, I don't know, man, like some like mid-level vice president was trying to like pump his numbers for revenue to hit like his Q2 sales goal. And he's like, Ooh, release the Dodd Zip TLD. Let's sell that. Ooh. I won the vacation to Cayman Islands. Ooh, 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 look at me. Like, th that's the only thing I can think of is why they sold this because it's, it's, it's silly. It's silly. 
Anyways, just be mindful of this. I don't even, this is a tricky one to even educate your end user community about preventing the attack because you're going to have to really get into the weeds about how an application interface is being simulated in a web browser. And by the time you get to that part of that sentence that I just said, like that was like one sentence, like 10 words. And as I was getting to the the 10th word, I could already see like the fictitious business end user, the Carl eyes glazing over as they're like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Can I go now? Like that's what's going to happen with this. So, yep. You did this. Canadian university dealing with ransomware attack on its email system. The University of Waterloo, a Canadian university near Toronto, confirmed last week that it is dealing with a ransomware attack. School Vice President Jacinda Reitzma explained that their on-campus Microsoft Exchange email services were affected by the ransomware attack, sparing only those who use their cloud-based email. As a result, students were not able to log in or sign into other educational platforms with their email credentials. A reset was successfully completed by Friday morning, and no ransomware group has yet taken credit for this attack. Okay. U.S. Re uh, all right, so <clears throat> all right, here's a couple things. One, um, it says Canadian University dealing with ransomware attack, but in the story they say that the attack was unsuccessful. So essentially, they didn't, you know, impact business operations. They may not have gotten data out. Um, what, ransomware could have fired uh, and then not worked. I myself have been. Uh, I've been in charge at an organization where ransomware detonated, but underprivileged access because it was a IT admin running domain admin creds, of course, uh, it, that ran the ransomware. And, and fortunate for us, the ransomware um, did not fire correctly, and we were able to prevent that. But you could still say like the cleanup process was dealing with a ransomware attack. So... Um, the attack came in through the Microsoft Exchange, okay? But most people at the uh, school, students, faculty, staff, are using Exchange in the cloud, okay? So basically, this was kind of an email, not email, but like email infrastructure attack. Um, Microsoft Exchange, if you don't know, uh, Proxy Shell, was it Proxy Not Shell, um, Zero logon, I think, is also Exchange. Like Microsoft Exchange is, um, it's like it's like a boat. <laughs> Microsoft Exchange is like a boat full of holes, and like all you're using is Flex Seal to seal it. Now I know it looks good in the commercials, but in practice, I don't think you can keep a boat afloat with just Flex Seal. Maybe a little bit of duct tape. Okay, so Microsoft Exchange is really in bad shape, and Microsoft wants everybody and every business to actually move to Azure and Office 365. So while they are providing support, they're not really working their butt off too hard because uh, they want you to migrate, right? Because it's all about the Benjamins. So um, it, that, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they got their exchange on-prem compromised and they were able to discover it and, and stop the threat actors from doing anything bad. So this is more of a... So, I mean, this story sounds more salacious. Like there, there was no real business operations impact and they're cleaning it up. So I don't know. The story got out somehow. I bet you, I bet you um, they kind of like froze things in place 
just to make sure that they could quarantine the infection. And that impact made it out. And higher ed, people talk, right? I mean, people talk at other businesses, but I've, at least in my experience, higher education, there's a lot of like, a lot of time for like water cooler talk and did you hear and all these other things. Um, so, you know, that's probably why it became a news story. I mean, even think about this, like most colleges are out right now, right? Like we're in the middle of the summer. So it's not like there were like tens of thousands of students who couldn't go to school that day. Like we're in the middle of the summer and I get that there's grad programs and cert programs and stuff. I'm just saying to me, this news story blew up because of, you know, uh, you know, a, a game of telephone making its way. Finally, if you work in higher ed, um, you should take note of this story. Higher ed, they're typically under, under resourced, underfunded. And um, one great way to get budget is to use case study like this. Research agency examines cyber psychology to outwit criminal hackers. A new project at the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Activity, IARPA, the U.S. intelligence community's moonshot research division, is trying to better understand hackers' psychology, discovering their blind spots and building software that exploits their deficiencies to improve computer security. Kimberly Ferguson Walter, the program manager overseeing the initiative, told CyberScoop, quote, when you look at how attackers gain access, they often take advantage of human limitations and errors, but our defenses don't do that, end quote. Dubbed Reimagining Security with Cyberpsychology Informed Network Defenses, or RESIND, the IARPA initiative is an open competition inviting expert teams to submit proposals for how they would study hackers' psychological weaknesses and then build software to exploit them. All right. And now, last... All right. I mean, I'll give them... I'll give them an A for creativity, okay? I'll give them an A for effort. Um... But we'll see where this comes. So where what where this comes from. So what what this story is basically about is saying, okay, we have the uh, we have the concept of like humans are the weakest link, right? We have like we it, we say it so often. We have a sound effect for it, and we have an avatar, right? We have an emote. Squad members, if you could drop some Carl love in chat, this is a pretty standard approach, right? We've got the human weakness, the human, human, the human, okay. What this is saying is, hey, listen, the humans that are, are, the people that are attacking us are also human. And because they are human, they posit that, hey, there is an implicit opportunity that they have weaknesses, that the attack, the attacker is in some like T-1000 super computer thing. It's just a human and making human mistakes, right? So let us study them, which is going to be a challenge unto itself because, People who are defenders will opt into telemetry and collection of information and stuff to be studied, but threat actors, they prefer to be anonymous or be stealthy. So I don't know where they're going to get that data set to begin with. But secondly, they're going to look at how attackers operate and what their TTPs are. We certainly have a ton of information on TTPs at this point because of MITRE attack and knowledge share and, and ISACs and such. And they're going to identify potential weaknesses in the hackers, in the threat actors, and then develop software, which I don't even understand that. Like, I guess I'd have to really sit and think, but they're going to develop software that exploits those weaknesses of the threat actors to increase cybersecurity. So I don't know if it's like develop software, but basically um, maybe it's active defenses, more more effective honeypots, more effective honey tokens, um, 
bigger traps, bigger bear traps, whatever. Um, but but this is what they're studying. It'll be interesting to see what kind of information comes out of this study. The one thing I will tell you, and this is you know a tale as old as time, right? For my for my Disney Beauty and the Beast people, a tale as old as time. Threat actors are notoriously good at pivoting. Okay, you come up with some creative attack, smashing the stack for fun and profit, right? Doing a buffer overflow, reaching back into the archives here. Buffer overflow. So what does Microsoft uh, Windows do? The operating system people, they come up with data execution protection and address system layout randomization, DEP and ASLR. You may have heard of it, which makes smashing the stack harder, right? Immediately, threat actors pivot and attack DEP and ASLR. Uh, changing changing the flag for DEP enabled, DEP disabled, change like figuring out where the in memory functions are stored, right? So it's a class, and, and we see this a million times. Um, macros get disabled, the Felina bug comes out. Threat actors are like water. They will find equilibrium. They will find holes and go through them. Remember, remember this as you go through your cybersecurity journey, people. Threat actors don't care about elite zero day hacks and the most creative attack and like look like they don't go to criminal con and like show off how sick like their attack was criminals care about straight cash homie straight cash homie if they can get it by sending you a simple email that says send me money and you send them money they'll do that they don't get style points they don't care okay so the only other thing I'll say is, so I'll be interested, whatever comes out of this, I think the threat actors will pivot uh, quickly. Second of all, um, the, the, the pantheon of threat actor techniques, mindsets, whether they're nation state threat actors, whether, whether they're ideologically motivated, economically motivated, you know, patriotism, right? There's so many different kind of like, types of threat actors and mindsets of threat actors and techniques of threat actors and really focused on industrial control systems or really focused on mass you know spray and prey attacks right so the 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 avatars the archetypes of threat actors are so diverse that again i think this type of research is going to be quite challenging to take on because if you're getting into the minds of the hackers and discovering exploitation techniques of their minds I mean, you have got lots and lots of archetypes. So the way it works for a nation state threat actor may not translate to a, you know, uh, Eastern European, you know, cart Romanian Carter, right? Type cybercrime, you know, a lone wolf versus an organized gang, right? A ransomware affiliate versus something like Conti that had a hundred employees. All right. I know I'm getting way into the weeds with this one. I love the idea. I love the initiative. Okay. I just think that like once you open the box and pull this thing out, it, 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 it gets really complicated really quickly. So uh, my hat's off to the U.S. Intelligence Research Agency. I look forward to seeing what they come up with. I do love myself some good research. Hopefully they have a good <laughs> infographic. This week in ransomware. Last week, numerous companies reported having data stolen after threat actors utilized a zero-day vulnerability in the Move It transfer program to breach servers. 
While no one has claimed responsibility for this attack, it resembles CLOP ransomware attacks using Go Anywhere MFT and Excellian FTA zero days to steal files. <clears throat> also last week, it was put forward that the attack on the city of Dallas may have put the royal ransomware operation in the crosshairs, scaring them into the black suit rebrand mentioned earlier in this episode. Last week, IBM released a report about Black Cat Alf V's new Sphinx encryptor and other tools used by the operation. We also reported on ransomware <coughs> attacks on the legal e-discovery company CasePoint, the city of Augusta, Georgia, and MCNA Dental. All right. It might be. So this is kind of cool. All right. So every Monday or first of the week, there's this ransomware roundup. So I recommend, I recommend you come here weekly and pull any relevant ransomware stories that, that pertain to your industry or uh, region or business unit or anything like that. Now, this particular one, there's two things that they mentioned that I want to touch on. One, they mentioned um, the the big move it thing. If you guys have been following John Hammond from Huntress, John's uh, oh, just a treasure for our cybersecurity community. He's been working his butt off. He worked all weekend, uh, late into the morning, right? 4 a.m., John worked his butt off and he's still working his butt off to fully unpack and fully understand the move it attack. Okay. Um, and he's almost done. If you follow him on link, uh, Twitter, excuse me, you'll know what I'm talking about. So this move it thing is pretty legit. Um, again, I don't think it really, if you're using move it, which is like a file management backup type thing, for enterprises, you already know you're using it and you're already aware and have taken actions regarding this attack because we covered it last week. It was the one that I told you to stop the stream, stop the podcast and go take care of it now. That was the move it one. So it's it's now it's more into the security research arena and like how did it happen and all this other stuff. The final thing we covered early in the story that Royal Ransomware has changed its name to Black Suit, right? And I, I made this big, like, oh, they added some new functionality, and I got into how Darkseid became Black Matter, became Black Cat, right? And I didn't I didn't speculate. I didn't put the tinfoil hat on and say why they did it. Well, it, it's come out now that it's believed that um, Royal Ransomware was the ransomware group that hit Dallas. Now, remember, Dallas has been down for like a week or two, and here we go, Big Texas. I know BSEC is Big Texas. I know Carrie's Big Texas. I know there's some Big Texas people in here. Here's the deal. Here, This is my tinfoil hat, okay? This is my tinfoil hat. Where's Jerry tinfoil hat? Doing, 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 doing. Okay, so check it out. The only time I have ever seen a, threat, a ransomware threat actor group change and rebrand is when the heat is on. And I, I think I did say that. Like, they get thrown in the incinerator, right? Like, when the heat is on, they try to reskin because they're like cockroaches when the lights turn on. They want to scurry away, but they're, they're going to come right back. Well, with Colonial Pipeline, the full weight of the U.S. federal government was on top of them. And yes, you don't want that. Um, with this one, you got to remember, guys, Dallas, Texas... You know how they say everything's bigger in, in Texas? Dude, Dallas has money. When I say money, I'm talking stupid, oil, rich, barren money. Like, like real lots of lots and lots and lots of money, right? And like in the 80s, it used to be like how how like how lucrative could you make your college football team, right? Go look at what happened to SMU. So I bet you, speculation, I bet you some business owners in Texas 
who got deep, deep pockets were either impacted personally or were feeling a, a sense of like um, community and wanted to reach into their resources to help this. So yes, recovery is one thing, but I bet you, and I can't do a good Texas impression, but I bet you some, you know, 10 gallon hat, cowboy boot wearing, you know, chaw spitting guy at a, at a boardroom table was like, you know what? Find me those, he didn't say threat actors or she didn't say threat actors, but find me the person who did this. Ding, right? That's my, that's my spit and chaw hitting a ding. And I know I am absolutely um, unreasonably stereotyping t Dallas uh, people. But my point is, if I had to guess at the end of the day, deep money got involved with access to a, a network of resources and Royal Ransomware got the heat put on them in a way that was so uncomfortable that they disbanded and re-skinned themselves as black suit or, or, but yeah, black suit, right? I think that's what it called. So this is what it looks like. All right. You want to talk about straight cash, homie? Straight cash, homie. It's all about, dude, it's all about money, power, right? I started watching Succession recently. No spoilers, please. And um, it's just on a different level. And when you got that much money and you don't know what to spend it on, the hell, like, find, a, find me whoever this is. Because no one's going to do this to me. We're Texas. <laughs> Go Cowboys. All right. All right, so that's going to do it for the news. Stay, hold on one second, y'all. Hold on one second. Do, do, do. All right, guys. We made it to the end of the show. 280 of you beautiful people in chat. Great to see you. Thanks for being here. Before you go, before you head out, I want to remind everybody at 4 p.m. later today, I will be playing World of Haiku live on stream. World of Haiku is a, um, a single-player gaming experience that makes learning cybersecurity in Linux uh, very easy, actually. I'll be demonstrating it, showing it off. It'll be a good time. Uh, come hang out. I, I always do this on Mondays, and uh, a lot of you show up, and we have a good time. I also want to remind everybody, this Wednesday, um, I have a premiere coming out, right? So every Wednesday, right after the morning threat briefing, I do a produced video premiere. We all go over there. We have a great time. This uh, one is the second-to-last ChatGPT video I've been doing. I've been doing a bunch of ChatGPT and Bard AI videos as like a as a collection. This one is how like you can use ChatGPT to give you like unbelievable job interview feedback. I, if you have a job interview coming up, I hope to God it is after Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern time because this video is ridiculously valuable, ridiculously valuable. I was stunned at what I was able to get ChatGPT to do. So you'll wanna take full, full advantage of it, okay? Now, if you were here just for the news, uh, thank you very much. Uh, that concludes the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast. Uh, shout out to Base Case and NCC Group. I know I went nine minutes over, but it was worth it. It was totally worth it. Now, if you're here for um, jawjacking, let me see. Let me do this really quickly and pour some coffee. I want to share a couple things with you. Oh, I'm out of coffee. Um, I want to share a couple things with you, okay? First of all, um, I've got the... Um, I'm, I'm going to the remote studio this weekend. So next week will be all remote. Um, or For the next month, it'll be all remote studio stuff. So the look will change a little bit, but I'm doing everything I can to maintain continuity of show. At the end of the month, 
Uh, we will have a guest host. Eric Taylor of Barricade Cyber will be hosting the stream from June 26th through June 30th. Thank you, Eric Taylor. So you guys will enjoy that. Um, now, here's some really crazy stuff, okay? Many of you know that I've been working on the Cybersecurity 101 course. If you don't know that, I'm working on a massive course that is designed for anyone and everyone to get a, a, a massive exposure, an inch deep, but a mile wide of the cybersecurity industry. Uh, it's based heavily on the course I teach at the Citadel. And I've been working with a college in Massachusetts to make it um, be like an accredited course and have college credits. So you'll be able to take it from me and use it as transferable college credits if you want to go and get a bachelor's degree or whatever. Um, or uh, probably an associate's or a master's too. Like it, it's going to be full. And if you want to work in cyber, but you don't know how to start or whatever, if you just want a, a really fun course, like that's what this is. I've been working on that. I've been talking about that, but as like, as a, as a, as a relax, because I'm so busy as a way to relax, I've actually been working on a new course also that I haven't really been telling anyone about called the practical YouTuber. And this weekend, I recorded probably, a, you know, like a couple hours of content. I've been editing it. What I am going to be doing as another course, if you're interested, so many people have come up to me and said, I'd love to start a YouTube channel. When I talk about professional networking, YouTube has done amazing things for me. Like all of you in chat, like I've met you through YouTube, okay? It is invaluable. My last two jobs, I did not interview for. My last two jobs, the employer came to me and said, what will it take for you to quit your job and come work with me? Okay, and the reason that they, I mean, obviously your, your results may vary. I have a PhD in cyber operations. I've worked in the industry for 20 years, but the way they found me was YouTube, okay? So there is so much value. Look at, uh, Nahamasek, look at John Hammond, look at TCM. YouTube is a platform that can really do many, many things for you. And I, I know how to do it. I've done it for years. So what I've done is I've started putting together a course. Okay. And I spent a lot of time this weekend on it. And you can see here, like it's still in the alpha stages, but I'm going to show you everything. Why to do it, how to do it, optimized ways to do it, a quick start guide, monetization, social, like, uh, growth, basically, um, all your different budgets. Like you can have a channel for like very, very little budget. You don't have to be all crazy like this. Um, and it'll make money, right? So the, the YouTube channel makes, I'll be fully transparent. The YouTube channel makes a couple thousand dollars a month, which is not, I'm not quitting my job on that, but also it does help, right? Um, it allows me to reinvest back into the channel. So, what I'm going to promise you is that this, I'm saying I will teach you everything you need to know to have a successful YouTube channel with subscribers on day one, okay? Why would you want a YouTube channel? One, if you, you're able to professionally network. Two, you are able to make money, right? Like that's always there. Three, and this one's really good. It will force you to develop yourself because if you're making a video on how to solve a hack the box or you're making a video on how to go to a conference or you're interviewing somebody on how to do malware analysis, you will be learning while you're doing that. You can, it's unmistakable. This isn't, you're not just some like 
empty vessel out there putting content out. It, believe me, there's a lot of value in having a YouTube channel. Now, it's not easy, obviously, but believe me, this course, I wish I had this course when I launched because I've made so many freaking mistakes as many of you have been here along the ride with me as I make the mistakes. So I hope you're excited. I hope you're interested. Nobody, like the Cyber 101 course, it's obvious that there's a lot of people who could get value out of this. This one, I don't know, but a lot of people have told me. And um, I just, I'm, I'm very, very excited. And it gives me pleasure to, to, to like do these, to make this video content. Okay, let me just check my calendar really quickly. Yeah. So stay tuned for that if you're interested. Um, also, I just, one final thing on this one. I, um, I have a couple students already in the course and some of them are in chat right now. Uh, I, I, I may open this up. I may open this up. You can see here in the middle, I put 10 student alpha pre-launch access. I may, I gotta see if people are interested in this. DM me if you want. I may open this up and like do like an early, like, deep deeply discounted price um and get you know say 10 students in it while i'm building the content and have them follow along um there's like i said there's a couple alpha students in there right now but there hasn't been much traction from the students as far as uh engaging in the content so i might open it up to a larger population if you're interested uh let me know all right guys that's gonna do it for the news today and for some jaw jacking i will spend a hot minute uh reading chat and, and jaw jacking with you guys but i hope you're excited i'm certainly excited about all of it plus guys um you know obviously the the course is going to cost money but guys what i'm really trying to do is uh be able to get more to i'll put this very this is very thinly veiled i'm trying to get it financially where I can put way more time into Simply Cyber. Like for example, like just for example, if I were to quit my job, right? Or if I were to get more time for Simply Cyber. TCM just released the new junior penetration tester certification. You know what I would love to do? I would love to do a five part series on how to study for it, me taking the test, me getting the cert, and all the experiences that you could expect to successfully get that and why you'd want to do it. I would love to do that. That would probably take me 40 hours of work. I do not have 40 hours to give to that right now, but I would love to make my life such a way that I do have those hours. You, you feel me? So these, this is why I'm doing these type of things, okay? All right, let's talk in chat here. All right, so Alexandra. So hey, just so everybody knows, if there is some interest in... If there is some interest in the YouTube course, I, I may open it up. I will tell you what, if I do open it up for those 10 students, um, I will announce it on a, a, cyber uh, a, a daily cyber threat brief podcast because I'm only going to allow 10 students in. So it'll be a it'll be a race to the you know, for the 10 students or whatever. It will be available later. OK, so don't don't think that like it's 10 students only and that's it. All right. Just so you know, all right? So if I see some people saying they want to be in it. So, all right. Let's see. Hiring a network of employees. <laughs> Catchy TBT, I love it. I saw the TCM course ad over the weekend. He put out a video on the new cert. Oh, very cool. Do you recommend getting a graduate degree in computer science related field prior to getting actual work experience? Um, no, William Welch. I mean, you know, if you have a bachelor's degree or something like that, 
Um, I wouldn't. I would get practical work experience. I mean, a, a master's degree is going to help you down the road, but it's not going to be a key differentiator on like, oh, like, oh, this person's got a master's degree. Like, I guess maybe it would have some value, but it's just two more years that you're not working in industry, right? Oh, cool. All right, Alexandra, we can get you. We can get you set up there. Uh, want the cybersecurity course? Yeah. So Lobo, as far as an update on, as far as an update on, um, hold on. A an update on Cyber 101. Here's the current state because Lobo just asked about it. Because I am doing the Cyber 101 course in concert with a college in Massachusetts, there are certain, um, like milestones I have to go through and gates I have to go through and paperwork I have to go through and approvals I have to go through. And that is just taking time. Trust me. I had a meeting with them on Thursday last week. And I said, like with all the key stakeholders, and I said, listen, I, I've already shown you what I want to do, how I want to do it, everything. Like who needs to be involved? Like I want, I'm chomping at the bit. I literally said, I'm like a caged animal who wants to get out. Like I want to make this content and I want to do it now. JG Wentworth up in here, right? And they're like, we understand, Jerry. Like, this person needs to be here. This person needs to be here. I said, fine. Then get this person and get this person. And let's do this. Like, why are we why are we delaying? What is the reason? There's no reason to delay. Like, let's do this. You guys are asking me for this. Let's do it. And they're like, all right, all right. So I'm pushing as hard as I can, but there's certain levers I can't pull. Someone else has to pull them. And I'm doing all I can, okay? Carrie wants to know how we can get a bachelor's degree since some companies want that. I don't have the funds for that. So how could I get a bachelor's to help me? Uh, interesting. Um, I mean, it's hard to get a bachelor's for free, Carrie. Um, what I would recommend is to lower the cost as best you can. You know, try to get as much um, prerequisites knocked out that at little to no cost, right? You might be able to get um, some you know, community college type courses that uh, would be transferable. But I mean, you're not going to get a bachelor's degree for $0. Like the, it, the higher ed, the higher ed uh, complex is all about revenue. I think you're a former military though, right, uh, Carrie? Um, you might be able to tap into some veteran benefits, possibly. Uh, I'm not sure. Marcus Canty likes the YouTube course. All right. Uh, WGU is legitimate. JQ, I've talked to those people. I know some members of the Simply Cyber community are graduates from WGU. I believe it's legitimate. Tim Ferrari says they offer good scholarships. There you go, Carrie. All right. I don't like this song. GI Bill, there you go. Matthew Pelkey. Yeah. Oh, hey, guys. Another thing really quickly. This I meant to say this on... Because so, now we're doing deep cuts for um, squad members on the jaw jacking. I want to tell everybody this really quickly. Um, hold on. I got to take a screenshot and then open it and then open it. One second. I got to take a screenshot. Then I got to save it. Then I, then I can open it in the browser, which will allow me to show you. A lot of people don't know this, okay? But let me, let me share this with everybody, okay? Because I, I said I do this on stream. Okay, on the Simply Cyber Discord server, 
there is a lot of cybersecurity stuff, but there's also this section called Love Fusion Center. And this is for people in our community to have a place to talk about other stuff that isn't cyber related, but you know, it's still the community. So if you're into movies, if you're into MMA, if you're into beer, I'm into beer, so I'm in there a lot. Wine, music, running, I love running, so I'm in there a lot. Cooking Corner for sharing recipes, book club, if you're into that. And I just added games lobby. So if you're, say you play Fortnite and you wanna meet other people uh, and, and be friends on Fortnite, there you go. Um, if you play chess, like I play chess, uh, maybe you wanna connect on chess.com. This is where you can do it. And this is where you can find people who are doing that stuff. So uh, don't sleep on the, um, don't sleep on the, the Discord server, all right? It, there's some good stuff going on in there. No, Abdul, I put a pause on the Crush Your Week newsletter. Um, I needed more time. I was getting, it, I was, it was very draining. Doing the newsletter was very draining. I would go, you know, spend time with my family on the weekend. And then I, you know, it'd be like late at night on Sunday. And I'm like, want to go to bed. But instead I'm like up here cracking away at a, at a newsletter. And I know it provided value to the community, but I had to make a, I had to make a, a decision, right? Again, if I had more time, <laughs> if I had more time, if I was full time, simply cyber, I would be able to do the newsletter again, but I need to hit certain financial. I need to provide, like, I need to provide for my family financially, right? So at the end of the day, I have to make the best decisions given my current situations. All right. Good morning. Hope everyone has a great day. Thanks for getting my daily dose of cyber news bright and early. My pleasure, ajon 7 Thanks for the squad support. So the Discord link is discord.gg slash simply cyber. We make it super easy. Discord.gg slash simply cyber. All right. All righty. All right. Let me boogie out of here. I really appreciate Let me check this really quickly. My plan is to do one more module of um, the YouTube course, and then I will uh, decide whether or not I'm going to open it up to the alpha, to the alpha people. All right. All right, guys. I want to thank you all for being here. Everything all right? Yeah, I feel like I do too, son. All right, guys. Hold, hold on, back up. I'm still on camera. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks so much. Be good. We'll talk to you soon. And until next time, stay secure. You can't say hi, baby. Here, you can, hold on one second. Let's, you can just, just yell hi. Hi. What's your name? Callan. Callan? Are you, a, are you the art of the week guy? Yeah. All right. Callan's off camera screaming what's up. Haiku is at 4 p.m. All right. Callan, Callan we're, I'm a little reluctant to put Callan on camera, so we're not going to do that right now. Maybe one day, okay? Maybe one day. All right, everybody. Thanks so much, and until next time, stay secure. 
everybody. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.